3296 of the Survival Podcast. I only had to make a graphic three times to get the number right after being gone for two weeks. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the rewinds, all of them, except the one that I screwed up and didn't actually attach the audio to right before I got out of here. If you missed that one and you want to listen to it, it's available now. You can go to the website or the podcast feed and any of your uh, favorite apps and find it. Since we're coming back after a really restful uh, couple weeks for myself and my wife as we were in uh, Northern California, where there's a hell of a lot less crazy people than Southern California, apparently, um, I thought, why not we just just stick straight on into crazy? Because I'll admit I didn't pay much attention to what was going on while I was gone, but the little bit that I did, I was like, wow, when I go on vacation – it just, it's a coincidence. I'm not claiming to have any metaphysical powers over humanity or anything. But when I go on vacation, true crazy happens. Banks implode, freaking. The last time I, uh, I went on vacation and something really big happened. It was, uh, 15 days to flatten the spread. Yeah. While everybody was being locked down, some friends of mine and I and my wife were in Fredericksburg, like partying our asses off, like spring break level party. And at least for old people, outdoor concerts and everything like that. And like we're driving down and we're hearing everything being locked down. And it seems like every time I go on vacation, something nuts goes down. This time a bunch of nuts went down. So I thought, why don't we crack some nuts? Why don't we have some fun uh, looking at the clown world? I called today's episode, uh, Stop the Planet, I Want to Get Off. And you'll hear exactly why I called it that at the very end of today's show. I'll save that one for you. But here's what I got for you today. So CBD, CBD, yep, that's a cannabis uh, derivative, one of the cannabinoids. Turns out it effectively treats mRNA viruses, including uh, SARS-CoV-2. I'd expect that to be memory hold, but it's, it's more than this. It's actually... A pretty miraculous discovery. It's by a doctor that I, well, he's, he didn't discover it. He's just reporting on it. The doctor I really respect. This was a guy, he was a mass tart at the beginning of COVID. He was all in on the vaccine. And this guy is like, I really respect this dude because he's one of the only doctors I know that spoke out before, during, and after. And has actually changed his position as new evidence became available. I don't know how many of those there are out there, but this guy's one of them. Senator John Kennedy not of the infamous Kennedy family, uh, said the quiet part out loud. Banks are Ponzi schemes. We'll talk about that and why we have another Kennedy in danger of being shot, and possibly two, one actually in the family. Uh, We're not going to dig into that today, but uh, we do have a certain other Kennedy uh, rattling some bells and running for office against Brandon, though I don't expect it to go anywhere. Um, More bank failures are coming. I think a short-selling ban is coming, too. I'll talk to you about that in just a minute and uh, why that is actually a disaster, if you understand anything about stock markets, right, and what the purpose of short-selling is supposed to be. There would be some ways to rein this in without a ban, but they did a ban, a temporary ban in 2008, and then immediately everything went to shit. We'll talk about how that could be coming back and uh, how PacWest, another huge regional bank, Seems to be all the West Coast banks, doesn't it? Um, Went to the edge of complete failure on its stock price 
but there are deeper problems, which is why it happened in the first place and how this problem is not going away. We're going to talk about the fact that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and the danger that it might pose. So the United States and the Brandon administration decided to get serious about this and uh, put together a whole special group to make sure that AI doesn't go full Terminator on us. And because they're so super serial about doing this the right way, they took the absolute dumbest human being to ever serve in high office, in my opinion. And I don't consider a congressman high office. So we'll, we could have a debate someday between AOC and our vice president, Kamala Heels Up Harris. But uh, they put Kamala Harris, who possibly might be the dumbest politician in America today, have any office of any consequence, including the House. Um, and they put her in charge of overseeing our regulation of AI and made her the artificial intelligence czar of the country. So let's talk about kind of her track record with things she's put in charge of and what maybe we can expect from this then. And then, you know, Texans are moving another step closer to a gold-backed payments system. And I want to start talking a little bit about what that really means, because I think what everybody thinks is that Texas is on the verge of creating a gold-backed currency. Maybe as a de facto thing, but what they're really looking at is a payments system backed by gold. And I think that is to make sure that they're within the constitutionality of what the states are able to do. And thank you, Kate Bonk, for the $1.99 super chat. I really appreciate that. We'll talk about that and what it means. And what, again, I believe it's actually signaling is a willingness to prepare for secession in Texas. I didn't say willingness to secede, but prepare for the potential for secession I think there are some people down here that know what's going on and feel that we need a plan B. That That's where we're at with that. Republicans on cannabis, they sound just as stupid as Democrats on 15 mag a minute ghost guns. I'll prove it to you. I'll play a guy talking about the dangers of cannabis legalization and uh, tell me you never smoked a doobie in your life without saying it. That's what this dude's going to do. And then I got another uh, Republican politician that's worried about dogs having to retire. That's his defense of why we need to keep cannabis around so that dogs don't have to retire that we're trying to sniff out cannabis. How about the absolute absurdity of the trillion-dollar coin concept? If you've never heard this before, we need to pay off our national debt because what we could do is we could print, or well, I mean mint, not print because it's not printing. It's minting a trillion-dollar platinum coin. Now, I'll talk about why when we get to this, you could make that coin out of freaking wood, and it wouldn't be any difference. But how stupid the argument is in the first place of printing a trillion-dollar coin. You know, you could have paid off a lot of the debt with a trillion-dollar coin about 25 years ago. Today, it's meaningless. It's not the deficit for one year. So I'll tell you what they're really angling at with these trillion-dollar coin ideas, what the actual goal of this stupidity is, and it ain't what you think. And uh, next up, we're going to talk about a guy named Marcio Garcia. This is the guy that shot a bunch of people yesterday in Allen, Texas. Now, I am not the Alex Jones conspiratorial channel, but I also do believe in a lot of things are not as they appear. And so I'm not going to tell you something like, this never happened, it was all fake, and it was crisis. No, this happened about 70 miles from my house. Uh, but the story doesn't add up. There's some real problems with the story of who this guy was, 
And I, I, I there, I've seen a, a, a meme recently, and it's, it's an episode of The Simpsons where Bart got famous and he had a line, I didn't do it. And people have completely uh, used that over and over again. And there was not even this one, but I think it applies to this one. It said, say the line, Fed. And then Bart's like, oh, he was known to us. Yeah, I, I'm going to bet you he was known to us, whoever us is, some alphabet clown soup agency. And then I'll give you the reason we even called today's show what we did. Stop the planet. I want to get off. It's a little bit ironic. Maybe a little bit. Not, not a lot. Just a little bit ironic. And some of you might be able to figure it out. Let's start off, though. Let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day. How would you like to come hang out with me? Nicole Sauce, Michael Reynolds, who's the dude that literally created the Earthship, Curtis Frickin' Stone, one of the original geese from Unloose the Goose, and a bunch of other cool people. Jeff Lawton will be presenting, but he won't be there live and in person. He's actually on a tour of the Middle East right now, so he can't get over here. Uh, but Michael Reynolds is kind of one of my heroes in, in the world today. Uh, amazing dude. I'll be there presenting on biochar, ways that you've never heard me talk about it before. Cynthia Tina from Community Finders. Uh, just a ton of amazing people are going to be at this workshop. The schedule's now published, so you can see who's going to speak and when. I'll be speaking on the second day, about middle of the day. Lots of great presentations. This is all about John Bush's concept of exiting and building the so that means that instead of just sitting around complaining about all the craziness that we're going to talk about today, the planet may not be able to stop and you might not be able to get off, but maybe you can at least insulate yourself from the stupid. Next up today, Start9 Embassy Servers. If you want to take full uh, digital sovereignty control in your life, you want to get yourself an embassy server, you can get the smaller one or the bigger one. I've got the bigger one. i got to get it all set up and configured. If you get the bigger one, you can actually act as kind of a community network hub for people to do things like completely uh, end-to-end encrypted messaging that goes through nobody's services but you, protected by Tor and fully, again, end-to-end encryption at a military-grade level. And there's a ton of other things you can do. You can run a Bitcoin node. You can run a Lightning node. You can manage your own passwords, store your own images, access your data from anywhere in the world, and no one can ever shut you off. And the reason no one ever can shut you off is because you'll actually be running things on your computing services, and it's so easy to do if you can install apps on an iPhone or an Android that you can run a Start9 digital server. Uh, check them out today. And remember, we do a 9% discount for members of the MSB. With that, I want to start digging into today's topics, and I'll let you know that... Uh, you can absolutely find links to everything I just talked about as far as the accident build and all of that in the video notes below. But there will also be a link that will go up about one hour after the live version of this video ends where the audio version is and all the notes and everything that you're about to see and all the sources that I cite for everything that I'm going to tell you today. Uh, that's right in the video notes below. So make sure uh, you check that out and uh, do th- really think about coming on down to exit and build. It starts middle of next week. You're running out of time, and there's only like 20 VIP tickets left for exit and build. One of the things I wanted to tell you about with exit and build that people may not know, unless you read everything on the website, is that there's a lot of benefits to being a VIP. One is we have a green room where all the speakers are. I almost don't want to tell you this because I like hiding back there. 
But you can come back to the green room when you have a VIP pass, and that means you get private access to the speakers and guests. There's also a VIP dinner that you get to come hang out with us and some other cool stuff. So if you're, you know, if you got the time and a little bit of extra coin, consider becoming a VIP there. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And uh, Bowellen is asking if this is a new uh, SOE Tactical Gear shirt. It absolutely is. Extra strength tyranny for Americans kind of a parody on Tylenol. So let's start off with my lead story for you guys today. Uh, a very good friend of mine named Hatch uh, sent this to me, and many of you know Hatch. If you come to our workshops, it is the Hatch, that Hatch that does all of our uh, audio video stuff. And this is the doctor that I was talking about here. And uh, he's a pretty amazing guy. Again, I can't remember his name. I'm looking for it on the other screen right now. But I have a link to the actual video in the notes below. I'm not going to play that for you. John Campbell, that's it. Dr. John Campbell, really stand-up guy. Because Dr. Campbell flat out was all in on masks. He was touting the stupid hamster experiment, all in on the vaccine, all in on the overreaction to COVID in the beginning. And I understand that because we didn't know what we were dealing with. Some of us told you and got yelled and screamed and shrieked at for it. This is not new. As they claim it is, it is a you know some sort of mutation of something that's been with us forever. This too shall pass. Um, but he did. He was all in on all the fear. And over time, as more and more evidence became available, not being a complete moron and actually using his uh, knowledge of medicine and science, adapted his opinion to realize that people like me and you were not crazy. Well, he has this new video out, came out this week, hatched in it to me, and the one thing he quoted is, and it will never see the light of day because it won't make any money. What this this new study that's come out, and this is a, a, a like he actually had this data for quite a while. And I like this guy. He waits. I think he's learned from all the misdirection and BS with the COVIDs to wait until you're sure before you start talking about a thing. And so when this study completely got its peer review and all, then he brought it out. And if you're watching the video, what you see on the screen right now is an image from his video. This is a um, graph from the study that he's referencing. And it shows that they used four different CD, CBD preparations. And they increased the dosage of each to make sure that everything tracked. And it really did if you looked. And as the dose goes up, the viral load goes down immensely. And there is a point where you kind of hit a diminishing returns. Now, I want to explain something about this for people that are not familiar with CBD. Um, if you took a whole, whole, whole bunch of CBD, the worst thing that happened is you take a long nap. Uh, you don't get high from it. It doesn't mess you up. It's not a toxic thing, but these doses are not at all heroic. Yeah, it might be more than you would generally use for just relaxation or something like that, but it is, it is not in any way some super crazy level dosage here. There's bigger news than this than just the SARS-CoV-2 thing, though, because I know that many people have fatigue from even talking about that at this point, and I understand why. It's just not something most of us have been concerned with for over a year or more. Some of us basically went back to our lives, you know, by the first summer of 2020, we realized this was all bull. But a lot of people, it's taken them a while, but now they're just like, I don't care anymore, and I understand that. But this is not really about COVID. 
This is about mRNA replicating viruses. Now, some crazy redneck hippie duck farmer told you about a, a substance called quisertin and said that quisertin in the presence of zinc shut down viral replication. This study makes no reference to zinc, but I'm wondering if it might be the magic. I don't think it is, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the reason that quisertin slows down viral replication of mRNA viruses, if you put zinc inside the human cell, it does that. This is known science. Not making it up. You can look it up. It's called being an ionophore for a substance. So if you want to get zinc in a human cell, it's actually really hard. Cells only take in zinc when they absolutely need it. They have a, a membrane that keeps things out, a semi-permeable membrane. I mean, some things can pass through, back and forth, but there's a lot of regulation and control of what does. And to get lots of zinc, more than would be typical, inside a cell, you need an ionophore that opens that pathway through that membrane so that the zinc can get into the cell. So Quisertin does this, and as a result, it has an ability to inhibit the replication of mRNA viruses. You know what's an mRNA replicating virus? Hep C, a horrible virus that many people have that causes life-altering and you know issues and even death. Um, it actually was very effective on that as well. And it is most likely the case that CBD used this way would be highly effective in the treatment prevention or at least mitigation of many mRNA viruses, not just COVID and Hep C. This is further enhanced by the fact that if you listen to this doctor explain it all to you, they tried it on Hep A, didn't do jack crap. It was either Hep A or B. It was one of the other Heps. They tried it on Hepatitis A or B. It didn't do anything. No, it, didn't, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work on DNA replicating viruses. That's a DNA replicating hepatitis virus versus an mRNA one. Uh, viruses like Ebola are mRNA replicating viruses. Am I saying this would work for that? No, but if it was researched at a higher level, there might be a way to increase the dosage or get specific about the means by which the dosage is, is, is given that could mitigate or help. But as the good doctor said, Dr. Campbell stated, they will never see the light of day because clinical trials will go nowhere with it because there's no money to be made in this. Unless they can patent some form of delivery system, which probably isn't going to happen as well, and I'll explain why. And it's directly related to the fact that I don't think it works the same way certain or uh, hydroxychloroquine do by being an anaphore for zinc and then requiring zinc to be effective. When they gave patients a combination of THC and CBD, it didn't work. It worked really great. They added THC, didn't work. Does that mean THC is bad for you? That's up for you to decide. But if you're trying to treat an mRNA replicating virus, in this case, it would not, it would, it doesn't necessarily be bad, but it would counteract the effects. And this is the reason you only have so many cannabinoid receptors in your endocannabinoid system, and THC and CBD compete for those receptors. So in that competition, the therapeutic effect was mitigated. Not bad for a redneck duck farmer, huh? So I don't think it's for the same reason, but I do expect this all to be completely memory hold. I'm sure even though I provided you links and so as the good doctor, you'll find out more about that in the future. But this is just one more reminder. There is nothing, 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 uh, nothing, 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 comma, absolutely nothing that you can trust from mainstream science, media and government at this point. I, I watched a video today. It just came up on my suggested feed on YouTube. 
and it was called How to Spot Propaganda. I looked at it. It was clearly U.S. like 1950s media. It just had that look about it with the army guy standing there and all, you know, black and white. I'll listen to it. Maybe it's going to talk about how we created propaganda in the 40s, 50s, 30s, etc. And no, it was our our anti-propaganda against the communists who were committing propaganda against us. But it was like they weren't lying about what the communists were doing with propaganda. But ours was also so clearly propaganda. Like you looked at it and went, oh, this is total propaganda. And I really think that in 40 years, if we don't blow ourselves up and if there's any kind of intellectual recovery of society, that, that our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, et cetera, will look back at the propaganda used on us and find it equally laughable Why, while the pattern repeats. They themselves follow for equally ridiculous propaganda. The thing about propaganda when it's effective, though, it's actually tuned into the time that you're in. And so... I think that's exactly what you're going to see here is is a continuing propaganda against cannabis because cannabis, I don't care if you don't want to get high. I don't care if you think drugs are bad. Okay, right? That's fine. I'm not telling you to go out and start smoking dope tomorrow. What I'm telling you is it's something like 138 individual cannabinoids that have never been seriously researched. And the research that we've done already has just opened this Pandora's box is this amazing substance that is good for the betterment of mankind, even if you don't like the get high part. What we've seen with seizure reductions, the ability of cancer patients on chemotherapy to consume food and eat, reduction in pain, uh, way, way back, treating glaucoma symptoms, etc. There is absolutely so much more to be done here, but they will keep burying it. What Dr. Campbell said we need, is to take the clinical trials away from big pharmaceuticals. I don't know how you're going to do that. What we need is doctors to stop being cowards and start prescribing what you know your patients need and using direct feedback, prescribing off-label, et cetera, and then start to collaborate and stop being a bunch of pussies because that's what you all are. And I know some of you aren't. This guy's not. I don't think he's practicing anymore. But in general, the medical establishment today is full of very intelligent people who are acting like very stupid people, you are the epitome of Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity. If you're still telling people that it makes sense to get their fifth, sixth, seventh booster as a doctor, you're stupid or a coward, and I don't see a lot of stupid people making it through medical school. So you do with that as you will, and if it pisses you off and you're a doctor in my audience, either you're standing up and saying the right things, at least with your patients right now, and then you shouldn't be pissed at me, you should be pissed at others, or your problem, I'll tell you where to find it, Get your ass up, take off your headphones, whatever you're doing to listen to this. Go find an nearest bathroom, look in the mirror. There's your problem. It's not me. Moving on, let's talk about what Senator John Kennedy said. And uh, this, was, this was pretty interesting to me, but I think I failed to open the video. Um, let's see here. I got it for you. I'll get it on for you in just a minute here. Share this tab. Senator John Kennedy, this is a guy I like to listen to. I don't know that I can trust him any more than any other member of the Congress, any other member of the clown show. But he has a tendency to say the quiet part out loud. Now, he actually hedges what he's about to say here. But I want you to listen to what this man says. This is a sitting senator from the state of Louisiana. 
uh, on on national television. 30 seconds. Let's listen to what Mr. Kennedy has to say. I just know the world is different now with, uh, with technology and the way we can communicate so quickly. And banks exist on the basis of trust. They're really just, don't take this the wrong way, sophisticated Ponzi schemes. And they work when everybody trusts each other. And you get, you get on that iPhone and start sending text messages and you have, a, you, you have the herd panic and stampede. Anybody can go. The speed of transmission is completely. Absolutely. It's, it's breathtaking. Senator Kennedy, thank you for being with us. All right, so that seemed really quiet. It was off uh, Odell's uh, feed on Noster. So if you didn't hear it, uh, I'm going to boost it up a bit for those of you that will listen to the audio later. So you probably will hear it no no problem. There's a link where you can go listen to it directly. But basically, what he said is banks are sophisticated Ponzi schemes, and that. They work fine as long as everybody trusts each other. And he also hedges it with, well, don't misunderstand me. It's fine as long as everybody trusts each other. So I think what happened with Mr. Kennedy here is he opened his mouth, and he is the kind of guy, I think he he likes the truth enough that once he starts saying it, even if he's like, maybe I shouldn't say this, he can't stop himself. I think he's one of the most honest liars in government. I'll put it that way. And uh, I think he's like, well, I better I better hedge this a little bit. Right. And what he's saying is any bank out there, if a significant, not half, a significant amount of depositors go to that bank right now and just say, I want to take my money out of this bank, it will collapse. And this is true of every single bank in the modern banking system in the developed world, not just America, okay? There is no money to cover deposits in the banks. They actually even remove the 10% reserve requirement. So maybe I said that wrong. No money to cover deposits. There is is no bank with enough money to cover the majority of its deposits. No bank has enough money to cover the majority of its deposits. And this is going to continue. And and I really think it's important that we understand this is going to continue. Um, PacWest skated by the skin of its teeth last week under short selling and a decline in stock and a huge outflow of deposits, but it managed to stabilize and now money's pouring back into it. I want to talk about a couple things there, though. One is that when you want to short a stock, it's best to do a covered short, which means you have the shares and you short it. And as it declines and you pull value out of the shorts, you're also dropping the stock. And by that, you're covering if you get called out in your option. Right. But at the same time, your very act of dumping large amounts of stock causes the stock to drop that you've shorted. Yeah. Now, you also have, this is a piece in the AP today, so we're not talking about zero hedge or something here, right? This is the Associated Press. This is the entity that tells a lot of your news channels what they're supposed to say. They're just repeating shit out of Reuters and AP. And this article out today by Ken Sweet and Michelle Chapman uh, out last week, I'm sorry, May 4th, the banking crisis isn't over, but how bad will it get? 
and they covered some of the stuff about uh, PacWest. Yeah, this is going to continue. And what I what I want you to start thinking about here is pattern recognition, pattern recognition. And what I mean by that is where have you seen the things that you're seeing before? And don't typecast yourself into the niche with with pattern recognition. So we're talking about banks right now, Jack. We're talking about economics. We're talking about dollars. Well, we just talked about the medical industry. And what were you told about the clot shot over and over and over again, which you only believe at this point if you are brainwashed or stupid or both, safe and effective. Safe and effective. I think we can look at the VAERS injury database and determine that safe is a pretty subjective word that may not apply here. And effective, again, you make your own determination here. But I'm going to tell you that I think sound and resilient is the new safe and effective. So Jay Powell has been out running his mouth constantly about how, you know, first republic, the problem is solved, and the worst of the crisis is over. Don't worry. It's all fine. And the, the phrase they continue to use, not just Jay Powell, that the banking system is strong and resilient. And this will be repeated by every talking head, every moron, every person that can't explain to you how to make a quarter out of two dimes and a nickel. We'll say this over and over again. The news cockatoos, right? With little Jim Brewer there, right? Safe and effective, safe and effective, sounding resilient, sounding resilient. I mean, that's it. Just, just, they just repeat it. And they repeat it because it's propaganda and it works. And I want you to start looking for this. When they, when they pick up a catchphrase and they use it to misdirect your attention or control a narrative, you'll always see that it's like somewhere between three and five words because they think the average idiot isn't capable of remembering much more than that, and they're not wrong. The best propaganda on the planet is a catchphrase. That's why people that market products and services have them. They call them catchphrases. They call them strap lines, et cetera. Right. Right. Think about the pattern here. What is Coke? It's the real thing. Right. Think of any major brand. That you can you can really think of. That that has an iconic impact on on modern culture, that if you show a five year old the logo of the company, they're like, I know who that is. They probably have a catchphrase, and it's probably three to five words, right? Yeah? Have it your way, okay? Right? You remember, way back, you can hear a pin drop. Remember who that was? MCI, all right? That's always the case when you're trying to sell an idea. Whether it's true or not, you come up with this catchphrase, freedom isn't free, right? Three words are the best, the best. Now, if you're a branding master, you can drill it down to what, what Saatchi and Saatchi, which was the largest marketing firm in the world at one time, referred to as a love word. When I had Franklin Spirico Media and we were into web development, consulting, search engine marketing, et cetera, we actually developed our entire company around a single word create, period. And we used that. I could sell the entire company and its, its assortment of services and consultation off of that one word. But most people can't do that. But three words is kind of perfection because it 
it it balances. You have a little bitty word like and or or in the middle that links two ideas, safe and effective, sound and resilient, right? That's that is that is the perfect way. Freedom isn't free. Right? Just do it. Of course that's three little words. That's what John is saying right now. Yeah. This is this is exactly this is exactly how you control a narrative. And so safe and effective, sound and resilient. Let's see what comes next. But you need to understand right now that we are only at the beginning of the current banking crisis, not the end. That's what they're telling you. It's all over. It was just a couple banks that were in a risky crypto investments. I've already covered how that's a lie. These banks did not like like First Republic and 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 uh, what's uh, SSSVB Silicon Valley Bank, right? These banks didn't go under because of crypto investments. They went under because of U.S. Treasuries that they bought when they were told to during COVID, and when the when the deposits were withdrawn, they had to sell those uh, treasuries at a loss because they've they've you know pivoted and started to jack up rates and they started quantitative tightening. That's what happened. So that's a lie too. And just just know this: we're not done yet, and right now. If you take all of the bank collapses in the United States that have ever happened, three of the four have happened under Joe Biden this year. Three of the four top bank collapses ever. And the media really isn't talking about it because it doesn't help them. It's not good for them. If Donald Trump was president right now, You'd hear bank failures, bank failures, bank failures. Banks are failing. Banks are failing. That's what you would hear every single day. And it wouldn't even, it doesn't matter that it's Trump. Insert Republican of choice. And that's what you would hear. And if you think I'm letting the Republicans off, hold on, because we are going to slam them. But we have two more stories. First, next up, I want to talk about the fact that, you know, I get on Joe Biden all the time. Call him Brandon and all, even though they all earned that. The left earned that all by themselves with their stupidity. Trying to cover something up. You don't remember it. It's okay. Anyway, um, the White House is going to crack down on artificial intelligence amid fears that it could replace humanity. But Kamala Harris will be in charge of it. Uh, let me explain something to you here. Like, Kamala Harris is easy to insult. Kamala Harris is easy to kick. Kamala Harris is a moron. She is a moron. She's an absolute flaming idiot. Anybody who's listened to her speak for more than five minutes has probably had their IQ decline because she is this stupid. And everybody knows it. But the bigger thing here is, when you're serious about addressing a problem, this person is not the person that you send to solve the problem. Let's look at some things that Kamala Harris has been put in charge of, were indeed problems, that she was sent to solve. So they made her the border czar, and she never went to the border except one time she was there for like five minutes at a place where you could never find a single illegal immigrant. 
You couldn't find one. They didn't exist. She was isolated in a little place in El Paso and never even really looked at the border. Right? The border has gotten nothing but worse since this moron. And that is what this person is an idiot. Listen, if you heard her talk about time last week, your brain is probably still in pain, so I won't play it. You, you just listen to you go, she said absolutely. She spoke for 60 seconds, reading a speech written for her, and said nothing. There was nothing that came out of it that made any sense. So then we started having this problem. You know, you heard a lot about it in the beginning. Now they don't want to talk about it because things aren't going their way. So they sent this moron right here, right? This moron right here. They sent her where? To Ukraine and to Europe on the eve of war with Russia. They said, oh, boy, oh, boy, there could be a, a conflict between uh, an ally that written in, really in an ally that we call an ally where we keep all our corrupt shit and Russia, nuclear power. And this could spread into war in Europe. Oh, my God, we need to do something. I know. Send Kamala Harris. Now, between then and now, Kamala Harris did things like talk to children in a really cringe way about going to space, and they all looked at her like she was insane. She tried to figure out how to plug an electric vehicle in when they gave her a role in that space, of which I'm not really sure, and what she was doing there and messing around with Buttigieg. But now, one of the largest threats possibly to humanity of all time, and even if it's not a malevolent direct effect uh, threat, this is a serious We've had a lot of information come out recently um, that there is been, they're, they're taking the fact that people are going to lose jobs like crazy, which, by the way, I, if you listen to my rewinds while I was, was gone, I played one from like five or six years ago where I said exactly all the things that experts were saying last week this year, five years before. The redneck duck farmer told you exact, it was almost exactly the percentages of jobs being forecast to be lost between now and 2030 that I said would happen between 2020 and 2030 five years ago. Okay. So this is a real threat. So now they realize, well, shit, even if it doesn't go Terminator on us, even if it doesn't take over the traffic systems and turn uh, Corvettes into transformers or something like that, that this is actually going to be a radical shift of the economy of the world. That there's a whole lot of people that are paid pretty well that in the next five, seven years won't have a freaking job because some form of artificial intelligence is going to replace them. And this coming on a place where a lot of people don't want to work anymore anyway, they're barely holding their jobs. They're quietly quitting, which means they go to work, but they don't do anything other than what it takes to keep from being fired, et cetera. And we need to do something about it. Okay. If you're serious about that, you do not put Kamala Harris in charge of it. You don't put Kamala Harris in charge of anything that you are serious about or wish to be taken serious about. And it's very important that you examine this from both freaking sides of that equation. It's very important that you understand that. It's not just clearly you're not serious about solving the problem. You don't even want to appear to be serious about solving the problem. If anybody here thinks I'm being too hard on Kamala, Kamala, whatever the hell her name is, Harris... Right. Because that was a big tragedy when Tucker Carlson said her name apparently the wrong way. Right. Like they lost their minds over it. OK. Whatever. VP Harris, if anybody here wants to defend the intellectual powers of VP Harris, please drop it into the live feed and we'll see if anybody does it. I don't think it's going to happen. This person is stupid. 
This person is not a serious person. This person cannot read a speech well and cannot look at a speech written for her and say, gee, that will make me sound stupid. Rewrite it. She's not serious. They're not serious. This is, I don't even know why, to be honest with you. Governments tend to do things a, a variety of ways. They take something seriously, so they actually go at it with serious intent. Now, whether they're competent or not is not this. Competent and serious are not the same. Okay, so you could be very serious about something and totally screw it up. But they usually go after it with actual intent, or they don't care about it, but they think you do. So they put some paint on it and pretend to care about it. And they make that marketing effective by making it appear serious, even when they're not going to do a thing. Yeah. Okay. This isn't either one of those. This isn't either one of those. I mean, the best you could do here, if there's any competence at all, is feigning incompetence. And that's the only thing I'm left with. The Occam's razor, the simplest solution is probably the right one. Because you have to believe either that the people that tell Brandon what to do and what to say and make these appointments actually believe that Kamala Harris is capable of doing this, which I don't. Or you have to believe that they think the average person believes that Kamala Harris is capable of doing this, which I also I, I think all but the dumbest of the dumb, which you don't need to propagate. You see, the ones that completely have drank all your Kool-Aid and are all in, they don't need the propaganda. The propaganda is for the middle. Right. Right. That's what they care about. And somebody's bringing up the you know diversity and being qualified by being diverse. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's how you get elected. I think you put people into cabinet positions like that. Um, no, I, I think this is this is feigned incompetence. I think that as stupid as Brandon and Harris look, that they're not in charge of anything. The actual powers of the president, unless he's really or she is really intent on asserting those powers, are not what you think they are. They are told a lot of what they can and can't do. George Bush Jr. found that out on 9-11 when he said, we're going back to D.C. And the military told him to go screw it. And they said, he said, I'm the commander in chief. And they said, yes, yeah, sir. And our job's protecting. We don't give a shit. Now, this isn't about the 9-11 narrative. This is just what happened, documented. He was told to go screw. You're not doing it. Right. So don't think that these people have as much clout and power without somebody pulling the strings as you've been led to believe. I think these people know exactly, precisely what they're doing, how they're doing it, exactly the progress they're making, and they're using the cover of incompetence to get away with all the shit you don't see being done or hear anybody talk about being done. And if you, if you don't agree with that, I, I am not telling you I know this. I'm telling you this is my instinct, and my instinct is pretty accurate, and I'm totally open to hearing anybody else's theories on this. But I have yet to see anything that indicates competence from Harris or competence from Biden. Biden has been a moron his entire career. How Biden has has managed to still be here at this point shows that he's been protected. He's been busted, plagiarizing, lying uh, countless times, countless times. He the guy's a gaffe machine. He's an idiot. He's not a very smart man. He certainly was a better he was better able to talk 25 years ago, but he wasn't smart. 
Nothing about his history shows him to be smart. Nothing shows that he's kept himself, you know, clean of wrongdoing. Um, his family is a complete fucktastrophe. It's the only word I have for it. And yet here he is, president of the United States, with the dumbest human being to ever hold high office in America, in my opinion, at the same time. And so all I can see here is a contrived false incompetence. And what is being done in this four-year period, whether he comes back or not, is irreparably changing the direction of America and hence Western culture. And please strap in and be ready for what comes next, because I can't tell you what it is. I can tell you a lot of things are going to happen. I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. And this clown world is going to keep spinning. Moving on from there, um, I think other states are beginning to take notice of this and wondering what the hell they're going to do when the shit finally hits the fan. There's this idea that because of all the reasons Texas can secede from the union, it will, and it might, but I am, I think that the movement in Texas is less about seceding and more about, well, when it falls apart, we're not going to have really another option. I think it's about preparing options more than anything else. And I do, you know, this is one of those things that I have some inside sources on that tell me what's being said behind closed doors, et cetera. I don't have a ton of that, but I have some, and, and these are trusted sources. So a Texas committee just uh, passed a bill to create 100% reserved gold and silver-backed transitional currency is what it says. But if you actually dig into this, this is what I'm going to tell you that most people aren't. This article sort of touches on it without saying it, and I have a link where you can read it for yourself here. But it's really a payments system. Okay, it's less a currency and more a system of, of payments because everything is still going to be priced in dollars. It's just going to be backed by gold. Now, there's there's some reasons that you would do this. One is that the United States Constitution says the states will make no thing or uh, money no, will not coin money unless it should be in silver or gold. Right. So a lot of people take that to mean that our United States dollar has to be backed by gold. I'm sorry, uh, Peter Schiff, who I have limited respect for. I'm sorry, Dr. Paul, who's part of my expert council. I have extreme respect for, but the constitution does not say that the constitution uses the term states, lowercase s, when it references this issue, okay, it does not use the term the government or the state of your case, S, or federal government. It only restricts the state's ability to coin money, anything other than silver and gold. So if the state of Texas creates Texas transmission services for making payments available to people, if they don't 100% reserve it in U.S. dollars, which then nobody would use it because you might as well use some other service, um, the the federal government could effectively sue them and possibly, very probably, convince federal courts to rule against it, stating that it's non-constitutional because it doesn't follow the Constitution. So but as soon as you reserve it with gold, that's gone. Can't make that argument. Sorry, don't care. Um, so, But why would they want a payments network? Well, think about what was the first thing that we did to Russia when they had the audacity to get involved with an eight-year-old civil war on their own border. Well, we cut them off from international uh, settlements and payments. So if you have your own, 
you're in pretty good shape. Now, there's something that no one's saying. I want to be clear. I don't have a source on what I'm about to say. But I want you to think, again, I am big on looking at patterns and potential and possibilities. I want you to look at a company like Strike, S-T-R-I-K-E, Jack Mahler's company, which is a Bitcoin-enabled company. It's also a Lightning-enabled company. And what Strike allows you to do. Now, if you and I both have Strike, we can do a lot of things that you can do with a PayPal or a Cash app. If you and I both have Strike and I owe you 10 bucks because we split a pizza and you had the cash and I didn't, I can just send you 10 U.S. dollars on Strike, Strike to Strike, instantly settled, and it's in dollars. It was dollars when I sent it. It is dollars when you get it. You can also buy and sell Bitcoin inside the Strike app. But there's something else you can do. You can send dollars, and it actually is a Bitcoin transaction in the middle. It's a Bitcoin Lightning transaction. That's what enables the rapid settlement anywhere where there's other strike users available in the world. That's the middle. That's the settlement layer. But there's something else you can do. In Strike, I can go in there right now, deposit $100 worth of Bitcoin. I'm $100 worth of dollars. And I can send it to myself on a Lightning wallet as Lightning form Bitcoin. That I, If it's my own custodial Lightning wallet, I now have complete control over that. I never bought Bitcoin. I sent dollars. I got Bitcoin. Are you starting to see the link that could happen here yet? Texas is one of the biggest Bitcoin advocate states in the country. We have a lot of Bitcoin industry moving here. Miami gets the glitz because Miami's Miami. But when you look at nuts and bolts, the stuff that's going on in Texas is massive. So I can go on strike. Send myself or anybody else Bitcoin Lightning from dollars, or I can send on-chain Bitcoin from dollars. So the technology to enable one currency to use Bitcoin and float through to settle or to convert already exists. If you have the Texas gold reserve currency, implementing this type of settlement layer on the other end of it is something when Elon Musk talked about doing it with Twitter, Jack Mahler said he's not serious because we could do it for him in about 15 minutes if he wanted to do it. I'm just saying, I think that the plan here is a settlement layer that has interoperability so that if we end up either dropped out or have to walk out, we can't be cut off. And, and, Again, I'm not saying that I have any kind of a source on the Bitcoin piece of it, but I do have sources that tell me the mindset that we need this in case the federal government fails is what's driving it the most. Now, here's the thing. You just saw me say they passed the bill. And if you didn't listen carefully, you may not understand what I mean by that. The committee passed the bill out of committee with the unanimous vote. It still has to go to the House and the Senate and be signed by Abbott. Abbott has already signaled that he will sign it. I have no doubt it will pass the Texas House. I'm going to tell you the Texas Senate, all governments are corrupt. The Texas Senate is one of the more corrupt bodies of government on planet Earth. If you are a Texas uh, representative, a, a, you know, a, a, a rep on the House side, you can be dirt poor. 
You can be really rich. You can be somewhere in the middle. There's a lot of corruption. But the lobbyists don't focus on the House heavily with money. The lobbyists focus more on favors, et cetera, in the Texas House. The Texas House is pretty easy to judge where it's going to go. The Texas Senate is a fairly small body. It's 35 or 37 senators or something like that. So each of them has a tremendous amount of clout. That one vote means a lot. And the Texas Senate is notorious for being bought and sold in a variety of ways, especially in the food industry. We should have the most liberal food legislation in the world in Texas. We have some of the most stringently anti-freedom. We For all the things we do good, there's some things we do bad, and the corrupt Senate is a big part of why. It is the ultimate good boys, good old boys club, and they'll talk shit about each other, Democrat and Republican, but behind the scenes, it is the biggest game of political grab-ass outside the state of Illinois, right? It's not quite that bad, or maybe maybe Boston, right? But it's bad. It's really bad, and I, I know that for a fact. So whether or not it'll get through the Senate, I don't know. But my intel is that it will on party line vote, which makes there's plenty of Republicans to vote for this. And I think it's less about not being willing to sell out and more about the word is getting out within the closed doors of the boys club. We might need to do this for ourselves. So I think this is a self-interest thing that will be taken up. But keep an eye on this. Um, If you're going To ever stand as a sovereign nation on your own, you have to have your own ability to control money and capital and payments outside of your borders. This is a tremendous move in that direction. Could it be a misread? Maybe. I don't think it is. Next up, I want to talk to you about how stupid Republicans sound, because I've beat up on Democrats pretty good already today. Um. This is uh, Senator Warren Loomer. He's a Republican. And he's explaining the problem with cannabis legalization, being able to grow your own, have your own, possess it, and not be thrown in a cage for possessing a plant. Um, This guy is dumb. I'm sure we've all heard the, um, what is the word? The, uh, the the idiot that was explaining ghost guns, it's like, you know, there's a 50 magazine rounds a second, fully semi-automatic or whatever, that idiot, right? This guy doesn't sound that stupid, but he's he's good runner-up. So hopefully this will be loud enough for you to hear this. If not, I will ad- adjust it up on the audio. But this is a guy explaining to you why there's a problem with legalizing this cannabis stuff. says it can have any person can have eight plants at home now i've seen some of the videos of dea raids some of these plants are eight and ten feet tall you can have eight of them you can have a privacy fence made of these products in your backyard two ounces just two ounces is equivalent to three joints and you can possess up to what is it, a one and a half pounds? One and a half pounds you can you can hold. All right, so you, you, you probably expect right now that I'm going to go on a tirade 
about cannabis legalization and why it should be legal. And I'll talk a little bit about that, but that's not really what I want to talk about. But before I do that, I want to play this for you. This is in the Minnesota House. This is another esteemed uh, representative. This guy is a former law enforcement officer that's probably pissed off that his buddies won't be able to shake people down anymore. But he's got a really pressing issue for why we can't do this just yet. Madam Chair, Representative Stevens, can you tell me how much money is in this bill to help uh, defer the cost to our counties and uh, police departments for the cost of retirement of the dogs and the replacement? Representative Johnson, we don't have a Representative Stevens. We have Representative Stevens' son, and he will yield and he will answer your question. Representative Stevenson. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. Representative Johnson, there are, as we went through last night, considerable appropriations uh, to local units of government in multiple different areas of the bill, including appropriations uh, for uh, uh, public safety in the bill. I could look to get the specific numbers that you're referencing. Uh, I don't know them right off the top of my head, but I can look for you. Representative Johnson. Well, Speaker Hartman, Representative Stevenson, I did not see anything reading through the bill dealing with our canine units. All right, so they're trying to pass a law that will stop criminalizing the ownership or possession of a plant, and this guy's worried that dogs might have to retire. That's depressing interest. Now, I listened to this. And I tried to get reasonable with this and say, is this man just doing his job and making sure that there's money for departments that already spent money on this thing? And as I looked into his background, I don't think that's what it is at all. I think he's legitimately trying to hold up this legislation, which by and large is just going to pass uh, in, in Minnesota, Michigan, whichever one it was. Because he doesn't want it to happen. Now, let me tell you who the number one source of money holding up the legalization of cannabis in every place that it's being tried to be done is. The prison lobby. The prison lobby. They're worried that if they legalize this, there'll just be a lot less people in prison. So while I'm sure the people that are on the pro side of this legislation have a whole lot of shit that I would object to. What they're trying to do here is good for people, which is whether or not you want to do drugs thrown in people in prison for it doesn't help at all. It just doesn't. It doesn't. And it doesn't hurt you that dude over there smokes a doobie. And, and, and then the other guys, the other guys are just, the other dude was just eight to 10 feet tall as though that is relevant at all. Now, Tell me you know nothing about the production of cannabis and pruning and bud production without saying it. People don't grow 10-foot-high cannabis plants for production. They're trained and pruned, right? Now, I, what about two ounces? That's equal to three joints. <laughs> what was it? Like, oh, God. Uh, my wife even just like facepalmed that. Like, what? I mean, well, immediately what I saw was like a 1980s Cheech and Chong movie with like the doobie that's like a foot and a half long, and it's like 
thin at the one end and the other end is like, you know, like cigar diameter and like a something like that. Some kind of goofy ass stupid thing. But what I really want to talk about with this isn't cannabis. Again, please, please spot the pattern. Spot the pattern. What is the pattern here? There's a lot of them. So if you get a different one than the one I'm about to give you, don't be don't be sad that you missed it as long as yours is valid. The pattern is legislators making laws for things they know nothing about. Democrats try to do it with guns all the time. They try to do it with technology, the Internet, etc. These people couldn't pass a 101 level exam on the things that they want to regulate. You have people that do not understand economics at all that want to regulate banks and economics and cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and everything else. This is the dumbest shit. And it's again and again and again and again. These people should not be able to pass legislation on something without demonstrating competence for some level of comprehension of the thing that they seek to regulate. It is very dangerous to give people a power over a thing that they do not understand. So let's let's look at it as something that's really easy to understand. Let's say you have an ammunition factory. And it's not just like somebody, you know, reloading your little 30-06s or 223s or something like that. We're talking about a plant that manufactures like the giant artillery shells and bombs and stuff that they put on airplanes, like a munitions plant that makes explosive munitions for the United States military, okay? The person in charge of that has power over some serious shit. Now, do you want that person to be stupid and not know anything about what they're managing? No, you'd want somebody that has an intimate knowledge and understanding of safety procedures, manufacturing, transportation, uh, management of individuals, the competence to know that his person in charge of this area is actually competent, You'd want somebody to know what they're doing before you gave them authority over something dangerous. But let's think about this. If you had a munitions factory somewhere in the middle of Nebraska or something like that, a lot of people could get hurt. Thousands of people could get killed. But unless you're making nuclear weapons, right, the, the, the actual amount of people that could die is somewhat limited. It would probably be the people in the immediate vicinity or inside it or it could even be that a lot of people in the facility would end up fine. The, the amount of you would never put an idiot in that job unless you are a super idiot yourself. But you're not going to hurt somebody in Jacksonville other than maybe they lost their loved one. Yeah. Okay. When you give somebody the authority to regulate the criminal justice system that doesn't understand what they're regulating. You can hurt a hell of a lot more people, kill a hell of a lot more people, destroy a lot more families. If you then give these people the ability to regulate economics, the global level of damage they could do uh, is enormous. Think about the amount of damage done just purely economically to the world due to the overreaction to COVID. And who did it? Do you think the people that did it understood the economics of what they were doing? No. Do you think they understood the medicine and the science behind what they were doing? No. This is what happens when people get power over a thing they do not understand. And it is rampant on the Republican side. It is rampant on the Democrat side. And it's why there is no solution in the state. If you're going to have a state, it should be the absolute smallest 
most limited form of government you can possibly have to see to the protections of the rights of individuals, the rights to keep property, etc. It should. And I think that's too much because it will grow. Whatever power you give a government, it will use that power to create another power. It will use those two powers to create a third power, use those three to create a fourth. And the the freest nation will become the most tyrannical across about 250 years, United States of America. There you go. But if you're going to have it, that's where it needs to be, as limited as possible. We have governments now with almost unlimited power and authority to regulate things that they don't understand. It's like putting 100,000 idiots in charge of 100,000 factories that make dangerous things or things that can be dangerous when made wrong, and then being surprised when shit blows up, such catches on fire. Oh, wait a minute. Is that happening right now, too? Huh. Maybe there's a connection. Just maybe. But yes, Republicans are as stupid about cannabis as Democrats are about guns. And the more dangerous thing for those of you who are strong advocates of the right to keep and bear arms like I am, Republicans are becoming more stupid about guns across time. More and more Republicans are open to this assault weapons ban. Ask them what an assault weapon is. They don't know. Well, it's black and stuff, and it's on TV, and it's an automatic weapon. Well, they're not automatic. They're semi-automatic. It says automatic. All automatic weapons. So semi-automatic, too? Yeah. Okay, well, that's like 90% of the guns in America. And, again, I know you want to get off the, the planet. I do, too. It's a clown world. Can't do it. Can't do it. Next up, uh, I don't have a screenshot for you on this one, but um, it's something that you'll hear about from time to time that I think you really need to understand what they're actually talking about doing when you hear about it. Anybody here in the live stream, just say yes if you did. Ever heard of the idea that we'll print a trillion-dollar coin? A trillion-dollar coin. There's an article out recently. I do have a link to it here uh, in the show notes if you want to look at it. Um, but these two geniuses put their mental capacity together to come up with the idea that the United States government could mint a trillion dollar platinum coin. It would be completely legal and it wouldn't be any bigger than a normal coin. OK, so that's about a th- so one ounce platinum coin it says one trillion U.S. dollars on it. The U.S. Treasury could mint that coin and stamp that number on it. They're not wrong. They could do it legally. They could do it. Now. It will save America is what this article said. It will save us from the, the the disaster that is pending. Okay, so there's $32 trillion in debt. So if we did it, and if it was accepted as valid, it would pay off one thirty-second of the debts. We have over $220 trillion in unfunded liabilities. So it's less than a half a percent of our unfunded liabilities. So even if it was a valid idea, it would do absolutely nothing. Now, the other thing is, why would you even make a platinum coin? Why? Because it sounds good because the sheep will believe it. Maybe you should make it out of osmonium or something. I don't know. But there is no substance that has a value anywhere near a trillion dollars at an ounce. Maybe helium-3 is a couple billion an ounce or something like that. But uh, this is why they want to take over the moon, by the way. It's helium-3. Look that up if you've never heard me talk about it before. Not bad for redneck duck farmers on to know things like helium-3. Anyway, the platinum is meaningless. There's no meaning whatsoever. They can make it out of wood. They can make it out of plastic. They could take an iPhone into the mint and stamp a trillion. It would be the same thing. It doesn't matter 
when your disparity in intrinsic value and total printed value, you just printed a trillion dollars again. So why do they say this? Well, the idea actually was originally floated when the government owed a couple trillion dollars, and you could cut the debt in half and pay it off with a trillion dollar coin, which was equally stupid because you're still just printing money. Okay? But it's evolved over time. When I tell you this, you're going to go, oh, I get it now. We're coming up on another debt ceiling showdown in June, which I will predict in advance the Republicans will lose in the court of public opinion, even if they get some gains and concessions and what have you in their negotiating. And the reason I'll predict that is show me a time the Republicans locked horns with the Democrats in a budget showdown and a debt ceiling showdown and came out ahead. And the answer is it never happened. It's because they have the meat. The Democrats have the media in their ball court. So Democrats always win these budget shutdowns, these uh, uh, debt ceiling shutdowns because, and they know they're going to win it. So they have very little incentive other than at some point the music stops and they want shit to go again, but they don't worry about it from a PR perspective because they know they have cover fire from everybody, including the core of Fox news and probably more now than ever since Tucker's gone off to do podcasts on Telegram or whatever the hell he's doing. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a stupid concept, but what they want to do is this. They, they want the president, they want Brandon to order the mint to make the coin and then move the trillion dollars into the budget to cover until you get the debt ceiling raised. I know your brain just went, wait, 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 no, that doesn't work. That actually, actually, it may not fly, but legally it does based on the, the archaic remaining laws about the U.S. Mint and the authority that the government has over it. If the Mint were to comply, there'd be nothing from them saying, we just took this trillion dollar coin and deposited it into the government's accounts and we're going to use it now. It's just a journal entry. It's a circumvention of the Federal Reserve. It would be direct monetary printing by the executive branch versus and circumvention of the limits of spending and control on uh, that are uh, the, the power of the executive branch, specifically the Congress, to limit spending in the budget. And it would be outside of anything they could directly, indirectly, lots of things, hearings, blah, blah, blah. That's the game. The game isn't that we could actually take the platinum coin and send it to China and say, hey, we just paid off a trillion bucks. And China's like, what the hell is this? That's not what it is. It's about getting around the spending limitations imposed by Congress on the executive branch. And the only part of it you could say that would be unconstitutional or whatever, because remember, it doesn't have to be common sense to be constitutional. It could be stupid and constitutional. Congress gets to control the spending, but not on the obligations that we already have if the funding is there, which now the funding would be there. So it would be an interesting showdown, but it's absolutely stupid, and they're not going to do it, and it's just a theatric, but I thought it might be interesting for you to know that. Um, now let's talk about something equally absurd. Those of you in the video uh, will get more out of this than those audio only. But I want you to look at the picture of the individual on the screen. And if you know who it is, don't tell the other kids in the live chat just yet. 
I guess you can read it and figure it out if you read it's pretty small print there. But I just want you to look at that and think to yourself, do I see a neo-Nazi here? Do I see a white supremacist here? Do, do I see an obviously Hispanic gentleman with neck tattoos? Which one? Which sounds more likely? Do we have an obviously Hispanic gentleman with neck tattoos? Or do we have the poster boy for white supremacy here? Okay. Um, so I have not seen this yet, but the mead maker says he replied to my tweet with the most recent intake photo for jail. I'd like to see that, but I can't look at it uh, right now. Troy says it's a white guy. XD, XD, XD. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is a Hispanic guy. Now I'm not saying Hispanic people can't be racist. Um, what I'm saying is this, this doesn't vet. This is, uh, Marcia Gar, uh, Marcia, I'm sorry. Uh, Marcio Garcia, Mauricio Garcia, that's how you say his name. Mauricio, I think is how you pronounce Garcia. And here's what I wrote about this on Noster. So the Tex, the Allen, Texas shooter, Marcio Garcia, was thrown out of the Army for being mentally unstable, then was given a job as a security guard while literally living in his parents' house into his mid-30s. The guy is supposedly a right-wing supremacist, has lots of social media with posts that are extremists, but zero followers or anyone connected to those accounts in any way. Zero. This was reported, but likely memory already being memory hold. Despite pictures of this guy being public and him being the new face of right-wing hate, no U.S. news sources have printed his picture that I can find. And I wonder why. Anyway, this is Mr. Garcia, supposedly a white supremacist. This dude... Looks like a sort of kind of ganged up dude with a criminal record, which apparently he has, but I haven't 100% confirmed it yet. There is some pictures from booking from before as well that are out there, but I cannot confirm that it's the same individual, so I will not report it as fact. But what I said is whoever put this one together never spent any time in jail or prison. I can tell you that. This is not a guy that would exactly fit in with the Aryan Brothers. Apparently, actual journalists only work in Africa now. Going to bet if this dude was a blonde guy, uh, a blonde white guy, his face would be everywhere. Also going to bet in time we are going to hear the FBI or some other agency say something like he was known to us. And there's a link uh, to an African uh, news publication, Today News Africa, which is a legitimate news agency. And I have found this picture reported by multiple sources as being a picture of the individual in question. Something doesn't bet here, right? This is this is interesting in a variety of ways. First of all, they shot this guy. They shot this guy dead in a parking lot. He never got in the mall, for those who didn't follow the story. He got out of his car, started shooting people. There just happened to be a cop nearby. He did his freaking job. Good job, Mr. Officer. Thank you. He went straight towards the gunfire instead of hiding and waiting for help and shot this some bitch dead where he stood, which is what should have happened. I am grateful this man is dead. He belongs dead. He managed to kill eight people and wound seven, okay, before this cop killed him, and it was done relatively quickly uh, with rapid fire. This guy is supposed to be a right-wing supremacist that would then want to kill black people, I guess, or Hispanics like himself. I don't know. But all indications are that his firing was completely random. 
He didn't go out and specifically target a group. He didn't go to, you know, it was Sunday. He could have went earlier and he could have went to something like a, a specific type of church or community center or something if he wanted to target a specific group. Instead, he went to a shopping mall. And for those of you that aren't from Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you may not know this, but Allen, Texas is a very affluent area. This is not the hood. When I first heard this, I, there was a shooting at a mall in, 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 in the area. I figured it was probably some gangbanger crap or something like that. Two guys shooting at each other over dope or something and crossfire. And as soon as I heard Alan, I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. All of these mass shootings that we've had happen recently, the guy's name is everywhere almost instantly. Dude has barely hit the ground, and they have his name, his picture, everything out. This took a day before they released his name, and it was Saturday. You're correct. It was Saturday. He could have waited until Sunday, right? It took a day because Sunday's when the, 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 this information came out. That's why I'm conflating those days. It was a very slow leak of his name. There's different backstories being given about this, including that instead of a security guard, he actually worked for his family's business. He was in his – the only reason I won't say he lived in his parents' basement, Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, with all the clay and shit we have here. It's either clay or rock. We don't tend to have basements. So he was, he's, one, he's one basement away from living in his parents' basement in his 30s. He was thrown out of the military for being mentally defective. He apparently has an arrest record, but he's working as a security guard. Not a common thing. And I read when I found his name that they they were looking through his social media, which I'm sure is all taken down to protect the public or whatever from, you know, like the truth. But I saw it reported. I read it in two different articles. I couldn't find them this morning. Shocking. That said there were no responses or people connected to his social media. So he's a social media island. You know, like you have no followers. You're not. And he wasn't following it. He has these accounts that are isolated with all of this stuff, he was supposedly wearing a shirt uh, or a patch that said Right Wing Death Squad, which is just the initials. RWDS, I guess, is some you know, neo-Nazi thing. I don't, I don't buy this. Now, do I think that he didn't do it? No, he did it. Do I think that he wasn't a sick, twisted, mentally screwed up person? No, I think that he was. I have a gut feeling, and it's just a gut feeling. That once again, we have somebody that was being manipulated. And I think a lot of times in these cases, these manipulations are supposed to result in busts versus shootings. That they manipulate these people, they think they can control them, and they want to rush in and swoop in at the last minute and stop it. And because incompetence is common in government, it goes wrong. That's the best I can do for the government. The worst I can do is they want it to happen, so they make it happen. And I think the truth lies in there somewhere. But this doesn't make any sense. And one thing I've learned, when everybody's singing in unison and they're saying something that doesn't make sense, the narrative is being controlled. Because there is no questioning of this narrative whatsoever. There isn't a single news source going, hold on, wait a minute. Not a single one I can find. Even the news that's international that's at least putting the guy's picture up. No one say, hey, wait a minute. Wait, 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 what was this guy arrested for in the past? Who's, who were his associations? 
what have you. I mean, I haven't seen any of that. I'm going to try to look up real quick over here while I'm doing this and, and not give you a bunch of dead time here. If there's a picture and if it's the one I think it is. Yeah, that's the one I saw recently booked.com. This guy was supposedly booked on two ten twenty two, And I went to recentlybooked.com, and it's one of these sites to get access to the records. You have to pay for it. I did not do that. I have not been able to confirm that Mar- Mariko, I think it's Mar- Mauricio, I think it's how you would say it, Mauricio Garcia in that picture is the same guy. He looks like the same guy to me. Uh, I, I'm not an expert on things like this, but he certainly looks like the same person to me, but it may not be. It may not be. And I don't like to put up things and say, this is the guy if I can't verify it. If that picture's valid, and it probably is, it's even more bizarre. The dude looks like an Hispanic gangbanger. That's what he looks like. Now, can you look like a thing and not be it? Sure. I don't necessarily look like a hippie duck farmer. I don't know what one's supposed to look like, but whenever I ask AI to make a version of me as an a, a hippie duck farmer, he has really long hair and a really long beard instead of a trim beard and short hair. So I don't know that I look like a redneck heavy duck farmer, and I am. But this this doesn't vet. This doesn't vet. We also have an age discrepancy here. He's constantly being reported as 33 years of age. This photo shows his age of 35. That also makes me wonder. But I don't need another picture. The picture that I've showed you that I do believe 100% is this individual doesn't, I'm sorry, that's the wrong picture that I've got there. I'm going to go to that next, right? The picture that I'm showing you right there, that's him. That's him. It's reported by enough news agencies. Again, they're all international, but that's him. Now, what I wanted to point out, the hypocrisy of the left. So this was not the only mass murder in Texas. Uh, recently, we also had an individual who plowed his car into 18 pedestrians at a bus stop in Brownsville, Texas, who killed eight people. He killed eight people. He did it with intent. It wasn't like he lost control of his vehicle like they always try to stay in cover for this. Uh, this gentleman's definitely Hispanic. He was illegally in the country. His name's George Alvarez. And I'm gonna, this is, this is, this guy killed the same number of people, but not with a gun. So you'll hear nothing about it heavily in national news. It will not be on your TV unless probably you live somewhere in rural Texas. Criminal history, two aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, one assault against elderly or disabled, four assault causing body injury to a family member, one assault of a public servant, two burglary of vehicle, one assault causing bodily injury, two criminal mischief, one driving while intoxicated, one evading arrest detention, one interference with public duties, one obstruction or retaliation, one possession of marijuana greater than two ounces, three resisting arrest or transport, one theft of property greater than 50 but less than $500. Not necessarily a guy that you think should just be walking around wherever he wants all the time at this point. Now, some of that stuff I'm less interested in, but when you put it all together, well... Uh, things change for me. 
I, I start to say this is an individual that if the state was doing its job, would not have been free to go out and run people over with a vehicle. But when you tell people, they say, well, with these fully semi-automatic weapons, Pierre, just kill everybody. And if we just got rid of them, there wouldn't be any mass killings. And you say, oh, well, people can uh, can kill people with a car. They always try to say, well, not like they, this guy killed the exact same amount of people. And he probably, in, he, he injured 18. So he actually injured more than the shooter did. And he killed as many by just driving over people with a car. Now, I also will point out that while it was a police officer, what, what stopped this sick fuck in Allen was a good guy with a gun. And this is what the TV won't tell you, and I have vetted this. There are countless, and I because you might be thinking, well, why didn't one, you know Texas has all these armed citizens? Why didn't one of them shoot him? Because the cop shot him first. Because the cop just happened to be the guy with a gun that was most in place at this happened very quickly. They, people say he fired fifty to hundred rounds. He probably fired more like thirty, probably one, maybe two max. Okay. This this cop put this dude down quick. But when all the shit was going on, there are dozens of confirmed reports of people, armed citizens, with guns, taking cover, putting people behind them, and saying, I got this. That will it won't I it will not be on Fox News. It won't even be on your alternative mainstream like OAN and shit like that. They're not gonna tell you. They're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> Two ounces of weed is the least free choice. Yeah, we just learned that from a Congress class. They're not going to tell you that, though. They're not going to tell you that there were, there were, it was like gun, 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 gun. And this dude, I am glad that cop got him when he did. He wasn't going to go much further. There was value in the fact that in this state, you can own and possess a weapon. I'm not even sure this dude was in legal possession of the weapons that he had. I'm wondering, before he shot anybody, how many vaulted laws does this guy not care that he's breaking when he's going to go out and do this? But something about this does not add up for me. And again, that picture of him that I've seen, in it's, it's uh, shadow marked, like, uh, what do you call it? Not shadow marked, uh, watermarked from recently booked. I don't know if that's him or not. It certainly could be. It could also be somebody that's very similar in appearance to him with a different name. He has very different hair. Um, but it certainly could be the same person. But this is not your poster child for white supremacy. And if this dude's been to jail, right? And I mean, if he was held overnight for something and, uh, you know, just was in like the holding tank down at Loose Derrick in, in, in Dallas or something, maybe not. But if this dude spent any time on the inside, he would not have a very um, high opinion, I would tell you. Of uh, of the Aryan Nation or anything like that, it just it just would not be the thing. So, with all that today, first show back after being on vacation, a little different. That I usually kind of mix up all this crazy shit with solutions. We got a lot of solutions coming this week. I got some great stuff lined up. Guy Swan will be on with me tomorrow. And we will be talking about the future of Noster. And if you're not all bought in on Noster, I want you to tune in anyway. There'll be some Bitcoin talk because it's Guy Swan. If you're not all, I want you to tune in anyway because this is the future of technology that imperils, empowers communications and parallel economies. This is how we take penny for your thoughts to actually mean something. This is actually 
what's going on there is actually in a way a spiritual awakening. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow and not some major religious thing or something like that, but there's actually been spiritual authors that have talked about what Noster's making real. And I'm talking people that wrote as recently as the nineties about the exchange of value for valuable information with others who help us when we need it. Right. And if we do not have, if we do not have an alternative, then we're totally screwed as the snare closes because it's closing CBDCs and all that. I've got Nick Ferguson. He'll be with me on Wednesday, Thursday. I'm going to dedicate to some level of teaching. So we're going to talk about solutions, solutions, solutions. I just left, but you're going to get some rewinds next week because I have to go do exit and build. I'm going to try to not do all rewinds for you. Try to get some done stuff done. But you know, when I'm getting out of here and I got to make sure everything's ready for my wife to take care of things without me, then that takes a lot of time up. But solutions, solutions, solutions are coming. Yeah. But I did this episode today for a reason, and I called it what I did for a reason. Stop the planet. I want to get off. When I got back from vacation, this is how I felt. I like just, you know, I spent two weeks in the woods. I spent two weeks walking around and, and several places that we went where you're standing next to trees. If you've been watching my social media on Noster anyway, and a little bit on Instagram, you know, thousand year old, ancient, giant trees. One tree we stood next to is estimated to be almost 50. It was like 1,490 years old or something like that. And to touch that tree and just to like, I just checked out and we need to check out once in a while. But the reason I said, stop the planet. I want to get off because you can't. That's the irony here. I want you to understand. I want you to understand the situation we're in because I want you to take the solutions that I bring to you more seriously because we're going hard into summer with solution oriented podcasting. We are going to do, I, I like doing these shows because just out of ego, when I go into this stuff, I get more downloads, more listens, more sharing. It's the best thing that I can do for if, if we had ratings and podcast ratings, right? But it doesn't fix anything. You're not going to fix this. They're not going to stop attacking you with new laws and regulations and controls. They're not going to stop propagandizing you. They're not going to stop lying to you. You're not going to, for God's sakes, from now on, when you hear anybody say, we are going to hold them accountable, turn them off. Turn them off. Because they just told you the great pumpkin is coming for, for Halloween, and you're going to miss trick-or-treating. At least at least you get candy when you go trick-or-treating. When you wait, wait for the great pumpkin, you get dew on your face, and that's it. Okay. They just told you that you're waiting for the great pumpkin, Santa Claus, and the Easter bunny to bring you a special basket. That's what they told you. You're not going to hold them accountable. There will never be justice for this. The people that lied to you all through COVID, they got away with it. They're going to get away with it. There will never be justice. And you can keep chasing it backwards, and you will start to understand. You guys, a lot of you guys are big on the 9-11 truth. You want you want to see the biggest deception that was openly committed on the American people that 99% of people believed and still do. Even people that question 9-11 don't question this and should because the evidence for it is so beyond anything from 9-11. 
Oklahoma City, federal building, bombing, Timothy McVeigh. I won't get into it, but it is, you have, if you examine the evidence, you have to be completely stupid or willing to believe the narrative that you were given. It is ridiculous. And who was held accountable for it? No one. Who was held accountable for Ruby Rich? No one. Who was held accountable for Waco, which was a PR campaign to make the ATF look better after screwing up Ruby Rich? Nobody. Some of the people behind that are in some of the highest positions of authority today. You're not going to hold the elected people accountable. You're not going to hold the bureaucrats accountable. You're not going to hold the bankers accountable. The only thing you can do is exit the system into parallel systems. You're not going to fix the food system. You better find good supply and grow your own. You're not going to fix the medical system. You better take care of yourself and learn everything you need to know about how to take care of yourself and only rely on their system for things like you need a hand heart transplant. You had an accident. You have a compound fracture. But lifestyle illness, you better see to it yourself because if you don't, all you're going to end up is in their sickness and illness industry. We do not have – you're talking about fixing healthcare in America – To fix the healthcare system, you first have to have a healthcare system. You don't have a healthcare system. There is no healthcare system in America. It's not a healthcare system. It's a sickness, injury, and illness system. That's what it is. And it's reasonably good at injury repair because you have to be. When somebody comes in and their, their bone is sticking out of their arm, you kind of have to put it back in place and close it all up to send them a bill and have them or their insurance company pay you. But to give them a drug that actually does more harm than good, you don't have to worry about it. So you don't have that. You're not going to have an honest banking system. You have a banking system. If you didn't already know, you learned today. It's completely insolvent. It's a Ponzi scheme. Even a freaking sitting senator said that. You're not going to have an honest money system unless you embrace something like Bitcoin. Period. Even Texas that might do things better than other states, it's still a corrupt system. You're not going to hold them accountable. Stop buying in to bullshit. Stop believing in any of these fantasies and start working in your backyard. Build a business, build your network, see to your health, take care of your family, homeschool your kids, get them out of the system that is evil. This is an inherently evil system. If you are new to me, you might be like, oh, he's going to go off on some kind of religious tangent. I am not. Those of you who have been here a long time, I've been doing this 15 years now, no, I seldom use the term evil. But when you start attacking our children and their innocence and you start sexualizing children in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I don't have another word other than evil. And, and the other side, when you're willing to throw a person into prison for a plant, you are also inherently evil. This is an evil system run by evil people that will never be held accountable in this life. Now, if you believe in some afterlife, maybe there'll be accountability there. I don't know. I don't pretend to know, but I get no solace from that. Because right now, I am in the realm of the living, so I focus on the living, and I'm going to live my best life, and I'm going to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't, and I suggest that you join me. And that is why I'm going to throw out one more time here. If you've been thinking about going to Exit and Build down in Bastrop, and you want to come hang out with some people to teach you how to do that, come hang out with me, please do so. 
because that is what we are talking about. And Larry says we can hope. You can hope, but if you hope in one hand and shit in the other hand, Larry, guess which hand's going to fill up faster? The one you shit in. You can hope, and hope is a pipe dream here, and any hope that we will hold them accountable, that we will fix this outside of reconstructing our own reality, is every second that you believe that and you waste one moment on it, you're not spending it building. It's being robbed from you. Don't let them take it. Come join us. If you can't come, get on the virtual. Just go to the link down there. You can sign up for the virtual and, and watch it online. Um, but I'd love to have you there. I'd love to talk to you. And if you do the VIP thing, you can come out, hang out with me in the green room and we'll, we'll eat some, some meat and cheese. Cause there's always some of that back there. And, uh, and, and you'll have access that other people won't. With that, let's go ahead and wrap up. Let me remind you, if you like the show and the work that we do, one of the ways you can help support us, do your online shopping beginning at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. I just got a pricing alert today. Uh, these items are marked down. These are vacuum seal bags made by a company called Avid Armor, A-V-I-D-A-R-M-O-R. Now, full disclosure, I don't even have a vacuum sealer anymore. I bartered it at the last workshop because I invested, and it is an investment, in a really badass chamber vacuum machine. And chamber vacuums are just a better solution, but they cost a lot more. While I was using vacuum seal bags, I had a lot of bags fail, and they were expensive. And I went on a quest to find the best vacuum sealer bags I could find. Thick, durable, don't get pinholes, and work well, and cost the least amount. And I didn't find the cheapest was that, but I found like the lower price range of the cost in Avid Armor and an incredibly high quality vacuum seal bag. So these are on sale today. You can find them at tspaz.com. Link in the audio notes for today's show as well. And remember, you can always uh, get information like this, show announcements, all the good stuff. If you get on the Daily Mail, just go to the survivalpodcast.com and click on Daily Mail. Let me bring that back up for you. As you're sitting here, I don't know what he's talking about. It's not hard. Just go to the website. There's the main website right there, the survivalpodcast.com. And then right up here at the top, it says Daily Mail. If you are on the mobile, you'll see a little menu that you can open up. Click on Daily Mail, and you'll go there, and it'll tell you a little bit about the show. And you give me your name and your email, and hit Submit, and you'll get an email once a day. 90% of the time, it's only once a day. And it'll just give you bullet points of all the stuff that, that happened that day, and you won't miss anything. So consider being doing that. Consider following me on Noster. My end pub is in the show notes and the video notes below. Uh, you can also follow me on the other social media platforms that I'm on, uh, MeWe, Gab, and Twitter. But I am way more active right now on Nostra than I am anywhere else. And if you give it a shot, tune in tomorrow, you'll understand why. Anyway, with that, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in today. I'm sorry that I was gone so long. I'm sorry that next week, about half the week, will be rewinds again. But I got I got a, something I got to go do, man. When John Bush asked me to come down to Bash Drop, it's such a short drive. And what he does is so cool. And the people that I'm going to get to meet, I'm really looking forward to get it and getting to meet Mike Reynolds uh, and some other folks down there. And uh, I haven't seen Curtis Stone, I think, since 2014 was the last time I saw Curtis in, in, in real life. So I'm, I'm excited to see him again. And I'll let you know something else that you, you really might want to consider coming to this for. There's a lot of people moving here. 
uh, there's people moving here that you don't even know are moving here, but you know who they are. And it's happening more and more. And there's a lot of people that even if they're not directly moving here, they're buying property here. They're buying property here and they're prepared to move here if they have to. And so this is a network that you definitely want to tie into. I would say when you go to uh, exit and build, about half the people you meet are from Texas and about the other half have come in from out of state. It's a really good network to tie into. Uh, again, tomorrow I will have Guy Swan on and we will be talking about the future parallel systems that are being enabled by the Noster uh, protocol. And uh, yes, where's here is Texas. Brownie's asking me, Texas, Bastrop, Texas. It's near Austin. So cruise on down. Just use the link below and you can get all the information you need there, Brownie. Uh, but yeah, I'll have Guy Swan on the mark. It's going to be awesome. And then Nick Ferguson. We're going to be talking about a lot of really cool stuff with Nick uh, coming up on Wednesday as well. And glad to be back. And I hope you guys enjoyed my first episode back. Take care, guys. I'll catch you tomorrow with another one. Oh, and tomorrow, since first Tuesday, missed because I was gone and on vacation. Tomorrow, John Willis, who makes these awesome shirts. Nicole Sauce and I will be on for our coffee chat, but that won't be on my podcast. It'll be on Nicole's, but it will be here live streamed on my channel, 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. Show you a better way